And it's welcoming you to find the place that you belong, that you fit, that there's family here for you, there's connection, there's relationship. And then God started showing me everybody in the room after that prayer that have that welcome sign, that they're a different gift. We're all, we're all a welcome sign, but we're all a different gift in the body of Christ, and we all welcome in a different way. And sometimes some gifts are really strong, a little scary, so they don't feel too welcoming. But God wants you to know that you are welcome here today. You were welcome, and you brought God's presence with you. Um, we've been talking about prayer a lot. We have all these different prayer things that are happening. We have a woman's prayer. We have Gary's prayer. We have prayer happening for a prayer worship night. But I really believe that out of prayer comes a connection with God. Out of prayer comes relationship. Out of prayer comes I know who God is and I know who I am, and you can't change my mind about either, because you're secure, you're on the rock. He spoke the truth to you, he spoke the word to you, and now you're on the rock. I mean, you might have had to dig a little deeper to find out who you are, but he always confirms it. And I, when I look at these logos, I'm a prophetic person, and I see signs everywhere, and I see these as a sign to the Junction Church, and I see them as first one people were saying they don't really like that logo anymore because it looks like a broken heart and I'm thinking well that's okay because Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted right and so it's okay that we come to him with a broken heart it's okay that we come with our stuff because Jesus came for the brokenhearted and so we've I really believe that God's saying okay there's a lot of people that have had their brokenness healed in this place and it's because now we've got this new logo, God's showing, we've come into the hand of God. Hope is holding us. Psalm 91, hope holds you. The, see the cross in the junction? Jesus went to the cross to see you reconciled to the Father's heart. See, that's his hand holding you. And the two hearts, are, this is how I see it, is your heart and Jesus' heart. And it's heart to heart. And that's where we find our wholeness. That's where we find our identity. I see it as a sign that's just pointing to God. It's pointing to the cross first and the hand and the hearts. It's just pointing to the resurrection power, the life of Holy Spirit in us. So I believe God is confirming this season. And the two hearts together is knowing. We're in the spirit of knowing. It's, it's you have to let go of knowledge and information about yourself, about God, about the church, about the world, because that's from the tree of knowledge. And eat of that tree and it's death. And so God said, eat of the tree of life. Know me. Know who you are. Let go of all, because you could be right. It's a tree of knowledge of right and wrong and good and evil, but you could be right, but you could end up dead right. <laughs> I'm so right about the dark darkness. Well, you probably are, but how right are you about that you're a child of light? That you're light in the darkness. That those that sit in darkness see a great light. You see, we sang about his face. We sang about seeking his face and he's the lover of our soul. That's that heart-to-heart -heart place. I have to, here's my heart, Lord. I have to know you more today than yesterday. I want to let you love me more today than yesterday. Stop trying to love him. Just, just let it go. That's too hard. Just let him love you. Then you will respond back. You'll, you'll love him back. It'll be a natural thing. 
It's that we were singing that we bow down, but we lift up our hearts. Here's my heart. There are some areas of my heart that are broken, Lord. There are some areas of my heart that need to be healed. And he says, well, I sit with you in your brokenness. I stand with you when, you're, when I lift your head and you see and believe in my goodness. And I'll walk with you and we'll run together. And you're going to feel destiny. Destiny is not a carrot that you're running after. Purpose is not a carrot. It's all in you. It's in the seed. It's in your DNA. You're a new creation. You're not trying to find your purpose. You're not trying to find destiny. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, I don't know if God likes me because I'm not fulfilling my destiny. You are destiny. I don't know what the will of God is. I don't know what the, I'm so anxious about the will of God. And God says, you are the will of God. You're my child. You're my will. You're born of me. Just grow like a tree. Just grow up in my love. And so I really believe it's about the spirit of knowing. And Psalm 107, 15 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And that means to know. It's yada. It's Hebrew. To know intimately like Adam knew Eve. It's to share your hearts. Here's my heart every day. Here's my brokenness. Here's my sadness. Here's my happiness. Here's my joy. Here's my mourning. And he goes, yeah, I'm living right in all that. I'm, I'm with you. I don't leave you because there's something happening there that's not life. Maybe there's a little something. Maybe there's a little darkish. There's a low cloud. But God says, I'm going to pop your head through that cloud. Whether there's depression or anxiety or fear. He says, I'm going to cause you to see my goodness. Know my goodness heart to heart. I want to know your goodness because Moses said, show me your glory. And God says, I'm going to show you my goodness. I'm going to show you what a good, good father I am. I'm such a good father. You have bad days. You might have bad months. You might have bad seasons. You might have had a bad decade. And God says, this is the season to know how much I care about you and how much I love you and that I'm a really good father. Don't worry about your mistakes. Don't worry about your choices. You made some bad mistakes. You made some bad choices. It doesn't change a good, good father. There's no hoops to jump through. There's nothing to do. It's just receive, receive. Jesus, he gave his son. I freely give you all things. Today he's giving you something. Today he's giving you something. Just receive. He, and it's going to be different for every person. So, you know, when we sang, we said, oh, God, only you know my heart. So we have to stop knowing anybody's heart. Forget it. Because you become sin conscious. You won't be God conscious. Forget knowing any church, what's wrong with them. You'll become sin conscious. You won't be God conscious. Know yourself after God consciousness, how he knows you. Don't know yourself after your mistakes or flaws or your weaknesses. Don't know yourself. Don't, don't do a devil hunt of your own heart. Don't, don't go there. Just say, I'm perfectly and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully made. I'm, I'm precious. Jesus is precious. I'm made in his image and his likeness. I'm precious. So I just really believe this is a season of wholeness. Where this is a, a knowing him is a season of wholeness. And he heals a spirit, soul, and body. He's healing our souls. He's healing our minds. How we, what we think about ourselves. What we think about him. What we think about each other. What we think about the church. So, because when we get his thoughts, because he says, I'm the God of peace. I'll crush Satan beneath your feet. Those are thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We have thoughts how we think against ourselves. We have thoughts how we think against the church. We have thoughts how we think against family. We have thoughts how we think against the other in our marriage. And so God says, I want to tear down those thoughts. I want to give you the truth. And so to know what is true, to know his goodness, 
is to know what is true. God doesn't want anybody in here to have a belief system because that's why there's thousands of denominations and churches and because we, this is our belief system. That's it, period, little box. And God says, don't have a belief system, just know me. And you'll believe and see how good I am. You won't lose heart anymore. I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living here in this lifetime. I put a demand on his love. I will not lose hope. I will not lose hope. You are my hope. Where is that? I'm safely in his hands, even with my hopelessness. That's how good he is. Because he's not saying, come into my hands, because when you're perfect, you're all hope. He's saying, come into my hands. Let me be heart to heart with you. Let me love you with your stuff. Because he says, I don't see that stuff. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I thought of you, so then I had to think of a womb. I saw the end from the beginning. I saw destiny fulfilled. I saw you become a tree of righteousness. I saw you having much fruit for your family and the nations and the generations to give him glory. God says, I see the end from the beginning. And then he said, oh, I need a womb. And then sometimes some of us got into a womb that the family was broken. I got put into a broken family. God loves to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came. And he said to me, I said, God, why did you choose me? Like, we were all haters of God. He said, I knew you'd receive my grace. You see, Adam received the breath of God, the breath of life, and he lived. And everybody's living because they have breath. Everybody that's alive is living because they have breath. Jesus came to give you Holy Spirit, a life-giving spirit. That's how you overcome everything everything that we brought with us. And so just welcome. And yet in his hands, I call Holy Spirit my super glue, my super mom and my super glue, my nourisher, my nurturer, the one who causes me to trust Jesus and my father, the one who brings me to the place of safety so that whenever I'm always safe on the inside, something unsafe outside, I'm still safe. Something I can't trust somebody, I still trust God someone's not speaking kindly and it's not nurturing it's not nourishing me it's tearing me down god is nourishing me god is nurturing me so this is the hand of god this is the season we're in look to the christ know the finished work it is finished so just say i i receive everything that you say that you've given i receive it by faith even if i don't know i say to god this is what i say i say i believe help my unbelief when I get up here to preach, I say, oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> he loves those prayers because it's really, I'm just, here's my heart. Oh, Jesus, help me. I believe when I pray, help my unbelief because they died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. I don't want to die in the wilderness. I said to God when I got saved, I am not getting saved to die in the wilderness. Sorry, no thank you. Jesus paid the price. I want all of him. I want all of you. You're my portion. Unbelief is not my portion. I don't want a wilderness mindset. Here's my mind. Every thought that exalts itself against you, I welcome you to tear it down. Give me the mind of Christ because you give everything. You gave your son. And I'm made in your image and your likeness. He's the first fruit. I'm just another daughter. I'm another son. I'm another child of God. So I want to be that child in fullness because the fullness is in your DNA. You look at someone's DNA, you can see everything about the person. 
When God looks at your DNA, he sees divine nature activation. You're called by his name. He wants to activate his nature, his way, his power, his authority, his character in you. Because it's already in your DNA. Don't try to do it. He'll do it when you're having a really ugly day. You're being really unkind. And you're like, you're angry, you're mad. And he goes, oh, I can see, I can see that kindness hasn't been activated. So I'm going to speak real kindly and tenderly to you today. I'm going to tell you how much I love you. How much I care about what's making you unkind right now. Because you can't give that gift. You can't give that fruit. So he gives me fruit. He gives me goodness and kindness. When? I'm unkind. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But now I got it to give away. So if I recognize anybody that's unkind, I'm like, oh, God wants to show his kindness and his goodness to that person. Because there's something angry about them. Maybe they're unhappy with themselves. Maybe they just know, need to know, you know, God's really happy with you. He really likes you. He loves you. He wants to come into that place so you really like yourself. Because quite often we don't like people because we don't like what they're doing. But God knows how to separate the doing from who the person is. And we have a really hard time doing that because we don't like habits. We don't like certain things about people. So we don't like them. But, but then I know I've heard Christians say to me, I have to love them. And I'm like, well, how is that working for you? Like, because how can you have to love somebody? It will not work. You have to say, I can't love them. I don't like them. I can't stand them. I don't want to be around them. I don't even want to be in the same room. And then God says, oh, I can heal your heart. Oh, I can, I can get you to the place where you like them. Like I like them. You just don't like what they're doing. And darn rights, I don't. So help my heart. Here's my heart. Two hearts. Here's my heart. Jesus, help me. I believe. Help my unbelief. You know, I don't want to have to love anybody. I want to love them. I want it to be a natural response. I don't want it to be a doing or a striving or I have to, to measure up to the word of God or what he even thinks of me. I just want the gift of liking and loving myself so I can like and love other people. So I like and love myself even when I have failures or mistakes or I don't do it right or I'm growing or I fall forward. I still like myself. I still love myself and I can give that fruit away. Give the goodness and kindness of God away. It's fruit. You can't do fruit. It's Holy Spirit dwelling in you, right? So, okay, this is the first page. I'm going to get into big trouble with Jesse because I said, I said to him, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and keep it short, keep it short. I'm still on the first page, so there's going to be lots of deletion here. So this is the season. I want to know you, God. I have to. This, uh, this is the desperation. This is being humble. This is knowing what you need. I need you. This is the poor in spirit. I know my need. I need you. Here's my heart. I need you because I want to know you more today than yesterday. And I want to know who I am more today than yesterday. Okay? And so, so this is, I really believe this is what God is doing in the church. Hello. My name is Kyla. Um, some of you probably know me. Michael to start it from the beginning. And this is just a testimony of the goodness of God. Hello, my name is Kyla. Um, some of you probably know me. Um, so Mark just asked me to share my testimony. Ow. Share my testimony and, um, or share one of my testimonies. And so I'm going to do that. So <clears throat> a while ago, I was in school. I had this teacher. Her and I didn't get along very well. It was just the relationship was full of passion, passive aggression and underhanded comments and um, me trying to fight her back with kindness because... 
I didn't want to fight her back like this. I was trying to fight her back like this. I didn't want anything to be resisted. If that's what you want to do, that's okay. Sure. Um, it's not mine to own. That's on you. My, my savior is in my heart and he would have love for you. So I'm going to have love for you. And, um, that was a really hard thing for me, but that's what I was trying to do. And over Christmas time, I was Christmas shopping and I saw this little pin just like this. Um, it's not this one, obviously, but I saw this little pin in the, in the iconic gift store in Nelson. And I was like, Oh, that reminds me of grace. And so that's what I'm going to call the teacher. That reminds me of grace. And, um, she, uh, I like thought about her as soon as I saw it and I decided, I was like, no, I'm not going to buy it. I don't want to buy it. That's fine. And I left the store and I got probably two minutes away from the store and God just like smacked me in the face and he was like, go like, you know, like a gentleman. It wasn't like aggressive, but he's like, go buy that pin. And I was like, oh. sort of dragged my feet back to the store. And I was like, okay. And the store man was like, you were literally just here. I was like, I know I need to buy this pin. And he was like, okay, here's your pin. Have a good night. And I was like, thank you. Bought this little pin, went to the school the next day. Uh, Cause I had class and I was like, Hey, God, you tell me when the right timing is because everything is in your timing. You know what you're doing. Thank you very much. And so um, he told me to wait. And so I sit through this three hour long class of passive aggression and angst and existential anger. <laughs> and um, I was sitting there and I was like, mm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. It's fine. You know what you're up to. And so I sat there. I waited. Three hours later, he's like, okay, now go. And I was like, okay. And he's like, bless her while you do it. And I was like, okay. And so I went up and I gave her this pen. And, well, not this pen, but gave her the pen. And I was like, hey, Grace, I um, saw this pen in the store the other day. I thought of you. Um, I just thought that you really needed to have it. I just really encourage you to go through your days um, feeling hopeful and seeing the beauty and everything and um, just being able to find gratitude in every day. So here's your pin. Um, thank you for everything that you do for this class, for me. Um, I really appreciated having you as my teacher and challenging me to be better. And she was like, wow, like this is my favorite pin. She immediately puts it on her shirt. She's like, thank you so much. This is amazing. Wow, like blah, blah, blah. And um, I saw her later on. I know I'm talking really fast. Sorry. <laughs> I saw her a couple weeks later. Um, I had a death in my family and I had gone to the school to talk to my instructors about uh, my exams and just letting them know like I really wasn't feeling up to studying. I was working a lot. I was just in over my head a little bit. And I went to the school and I talked to one of my teachers and was like, hey, if I bomb the exam, at least you'll know why. She was like, totally understandable. I hear you. We'll, if you bomb it, we'll work something out. And I was like, okay, took that exam. And then I went and I talked to Grace and I said, hey, Grace, you know, this is where I'm at. This is the situation. And she totally flipped and was super, um, like she advocated for me to not have to do my exams and have them be just omitted and not take away from my grade. And just, it was so um, relieving to my heart and my soul um, to just have somebody on my side fighting for me. Um, and it was somebody who had been trying to beat me down before. Um, and so that was a really cool, um, switcheroo there. Um, 
And so we were walking back to the classroom after we talked to the dean and did all the stuff. And we were walking back to the classroom. And she's like, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you again for the pin. It's um, I've been showing and telling everybody. Like, I told my mom about how you're one of my favorite students. And I told her about the pin. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm one of your favorite students. That's crazy. <laughs> didn't act that way. I didn't say that, obviously. But that's, that's what was running through my head. And God just kind of hit me and was like, you know, just because you perceive somebody as a certain way doesn't necessarily mean they are. And that was a really nice eye-opener for me. Um, and yeah, it was just really heartwarming and encouraging to have um, this change of our relationship happen because I stepped in faith and got her a pin. Like, it was meaningless. I could have given her nothing, and it wasn't meaningless. It, I obviously had, like, good intentions through it, but, like, it... it to me, it felt meaningless. I was like, why am I getting, like, this is silly. Uh, and, but God had a plan and uh, it actually um, just, it was amazing. Um, I am going to leave you with a poem that I wrote. Um, it's called Bruised Hearts. I'm going to take my gum out first, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put it on this little right here. Um, <laughs> so it's called Bruised Hearts. So, Beatered, battered, and bruised, her forlorn longing is not lost upon us, despite splotches of black and blue collected over years of affliction, carrying on day by day in an exasperated and anguished type of way, her incessant thumping, never halting, regardless of the purple and green shaping mountains and valleys over her contoured silhouette. I keep trying to send her away, entrusting her in the care of another, only ever to have her return with a new rainbow of colors forming umbrellas and puddles, and in her never-ending pumping, a beat begins to flow, free, finally. Um, yeah, so that's, um, that's everything from me. Um, I really hope you guys are doing great, um, and having a, a restful and, um, I don't know, an amazing January just filled with, um, gratitude and maybe some solitude because that's what I'm feeling I need. Um, and yeah, so, um, thank you guys for listening. Um. Enjoy the rest of the service. I'm really excited to be listening in. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, Kyla. But God had a plan. Bruised hearts. But God had a plan. His goodness had a plan. She bought that gift on the day that someone died in her family. And with her bruised heart, she went forth with God had a plan and gave that gift that totally changed a relationship. Totally changed someone fighting against her to someone fighting for her. It's a miracle. Because in prayer, heart to heart, she heard God. And God gave her, gave her a plan. And she, the thing is, our perception of people will be through our wounds. And we'll think it's all about us. And we'll think, oh, I don't belong because of the perception that's coming off other people. I'm not wanted. You don't like me. I need to change. 
something wrong with me. It's all sh these are all shame things, right? You don't measure up. You're not enough. And it all comes through the perception of other people because we come with our bruised hearts. Because God wants to heal that place in our hearts. He doesn't want us to live there. When you read the Old Testament, you think, well, look at all those feelings and those emotions. They were angry. They were mad. They rejected God. They abandoned God. They blamed God. They accused God. But God wants to remind you, I'll come and sit with you there, but I want to remind you that's the wilderness. Jesus is the promise. Don't die in your feelings and your emotions. They will destroy you. You'll never come into the promises of God. The promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. He's your promise. He's the open door. He's the open door to heaven. To today, every one of us can receive mercy so that we don't judge ourselves or anyone else. Every day we receive grace to give a gift to someone that's fighting against us that they become the one that's fighting for us. She did that in her pain, her suffering, her grieving. Suffering leads to glory. Suffering leads to the glory, the goodness of God. I took my suffering to God heart to heart. I gave him my heart. And he says, I'm going to give you my goodness in this. I'm sorry that happened. I'm really sorry that happened. He really is. And so all these lies, this perception is all lies, right? The smoke and mirrors. It's not really your true identity. So the wilderness will never heal your true identity. You can get stuck in it and actually become a victim. You can actually go down the road of, of just victimhood, self-focus, pity party. And, it, and people will do that. But God says, I'll even come there. Because I used to say to God, it's a pity party for one. And he'd say, can I come sit with you? That's how good he is. Because I knew it was a pity party for one. But God understands the depth of trauma. God understands the depth of loss and delay and distance where you feel like God's not even with me. He understands that. And he wants to come in by his goodness so that his presence is very tangible. That it's very tangible God is with me. It's very tangible I'm being loved in this moment. But I don't have to fear. Because heart to heart is very tangible. I'm letting him love me right now. And fear gets carried away because it was nailed on the cross, right? So he, he gives, he's giving us love more every day. We're growing in love more every day because we're rooted in love. And so see what she did with her wounded emotions and her wounded feelings. See what she did with the lies. She called them perceptions, which where they are. God said to me one day, he said, perception is everything. Because if you perceive through the natural, if you perceive through a wilderness mindset, if you perceive through what people are doing in the natural and in the flesh, you won't perceive the spiritual, what he's doing in your heart. You won't perceive from heaven's perspective. You won't see the end from the beginning. You'll just see the darkness, the valley. I'm in this valley. You know what I think of a valley of darkness? Oh, it's a womb of mercy for me. Oh, there's mercy here for me. I'm not alone. I don't have to fear. He loves me. He's with me. Might feel like darkness, but he's reminding me, you're the light in the valley, Margaret. You're my child of light. I'm the father of lights, and you're my child. You're my light. You're my child. And so then all of a sudden, you know what? The valley isn't so dark because you start to see the path before you because of the word of God in you. And so I liked how she ended her poem, A Bruised Heart as a beat begins to flow free, heart to heart, her heart's beat started to flow freely, she called it. She was made free 
in that interaction and doing something she didn't understand at all. You see, if we all went out and bought a gift for someone that doesn't like us today, it would probably work out for no one because heart to heart is listening to his heart. And all of a sudden he gives you something that you don't even understand to do, but you obey it and you do it. And all of a sudden, look at the fruit. If she didn't get this blessing in this season of loss and grieving and mourning, her heart would have been more traumatized. She would have been beat up more by the enemy. But God says, I'm really good and I'm going to change this season. I'm not going to let this season destroy you. We're going to grieve together. We're going to mourn together. We're going to sorrow together. We're going to sit in sadness together. But I'm not going to let other people destroy you in this. Because when I sit with you, you're going to come out of this hole. You're going to come out of this where those things don't define you. Those are chapters. They are true scars. They are tattoos. You might have a few chapters. But your, light, your past does not define your future. It does not define your identity. It does not define who you are. And that is the same with the church. I love the church. I've been broken by the church. And pieces shattered. Some people have been broken and shattered in families and marriage. I love marriage. I still believe in marriage. I still believe in covenant. I still believe in the church because I sat heart to heart till I got his heart. You got to give me your heart because you know the jibber jabber that's coming out of my mouth. All I have to do is listen to my mouth and I know where my heart is. I was like, Bleh. that was like, that came from a toilet. So, and he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, something smells, but we'll make it a fragrance. He doesn't say, I'm out of here. He doesn't say, if you're going to be in the bathroom, I'm out. He's like, my husband, he first started hearing God in the bathroom, and I'd be so angry. I'd be like, don't you tell me you heard God in the bathroom. And he'd come out, you know what God said? And I'd be like, because, you know, like I was religious, and that was just like ungodly, unholy. And it's like, so God's with you wherever you are. He's with you wherever you are. You know, so just go to that place. Go to that place where he's with you all the time. So I gotta, I've got to delete some stuff here, so there's something happening here. So God, in that heart-to-heart, -heart, God's opening up our eyes. Um, this is the season that you're going to see the goodness of God. I would have lost heart had I not believed I would see. I promise you, wherever disappointment has come, anything that's dis has come to disconnect you from God. And so it disempowers you from being a powerful Christian. It disempowers you from grace, from overcoming but God says, I'm empowering you in this season by my grace. And his grace is his presence. And his grace is his Holy Spirit. And his grace is his divine, divine intervention. And his grace is his divine influence on your heart, heart to heart. He influenced Kyla's heart. She didn't even understand it, but she still did it. So that's the season. So this is the, this is the season where Elijah prayed, Oh Lord, open our eyes. That, open, he wanted the servant's eyes open. Open his eyes that he may see. So God, open our eyes that we may see. Remove the veil of, of disconnection, everything of the wilderness that would disconnect us, discourage us, disappoint us. We don't want to live in that wilderness mindset. We want to live in the connection of heart to heart. So I really believe that that's where God is taking us. Hello. Hello. I can't get to any more. Won't go any further, Michael. Oh, am I there? Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to. Hello. What am my, I doing wrong? Hello. Is it me? Hello. Yes. Who said that? <laughs> okay. Prayer. This is a season of prayer. It's going to be unscripted and unknown. God's going to lead you 
It's not scripted prayer. It's not a formula. It's just your heart. God, I was in a prayer meeting once, and there was a young man before, beside me, and he just, I didn't even know him. I found out later who he was. And we were all praying, and then he goes, Lord, and he sighed. Lord, would you just come? And I felt God's presence rush into the prayer circle. I'm, my love language is touch, and my love language is kindness. So I'm very I have a very tangible um, way of knowing the touch of God, the presence of God, even pe presence of God that people carry. So that's, that's my love language. I felt like God came in like a, like a rushy wind, and I, I opened up my eyes, and I thought, who is this? That all he has to say is Lord, and God runs in like that, and I looked at him, and I, and I, was, in, I was in awe, and I was in fear, because his, his prayers were like, just from his heart, Lord, just come. We really need you. And I, I listened to that, and he prayed like that a few times. I really, really listened to him. Because God answers the heart. God hears the heart. And that was just him asking for God. Ask, seek, knock. It was so humble. And he is a very, very humble person. And so, and so, and then I learned that he was like newly saved. And it was like God showing up to the, to the cry of a baby, someone that's newly saved, and God just comes running, right? So it was re really beautiful. So in this season of prayer, <clears throat> that's going to be unscripted and unknown. God's going to ask you to do things that you've never done before. You're not going to understand it, but you're just going to say, yes, Lord. And you're going to see, you're going to see the goodness of the Lord where you tangibly have not seen it, where it has not been present in your presence. You're going to see the goodness of the Lord. Put a demand on him. That's your portion. That's my portion. Your goodness, your kindness, seeing it is my portion. So I love to nag God. That's how I pray. I was like, I want to see my portion. I want to see your goodness. So I'm, tr I'm really going ahead. Hello. What is this me? Like, seriously? Oh. Hello. Kara, you said told me to have fun, and God's making this fun. Hello. Oh. Oh. Hello. Oh my gosh. That's why I need Kyla. She's the techie one. And she just says, that's okay. And then she looks the other way. I'm her, I'm her Jesus help me prayer. We all need one of those. So um, I want to I share Jesus who's smiling right now to see the goodness of the Lord. He's really smiling right now. He's really happy with you. Quite often we don't see that God's happy with us. Um, in November, the end of November, no, the end of October, God said to me, I journal, so I write down everything God says, and then we talk about it. But he said, the impossible will bow down before you and expect good things. So that came in the heart-to-heart -heart time. That came in the prayer time. That, and so God, I noticed when I went pa back in my journal, he always builds on what he said. He's always building your faith. Faith comes by hearing, not by reading. If I read my Bible, I might not have any more faith. My faith mustard seed might still be really tiny, but when I hear him and he speaks to my heart because the word is written on my heart. He gave me a new heart and a new spirit. And he's written the word of God on my heart and his spirit comes and touches that word. It comes alive in me. I actually, I actually start to have, believe like him. It's his faithfulness, right? And so um, I'm going to share a healing testimony and then I probably get rid of everything else. But um, 
I started a healing journey in November and um, I went for a doctor's appointment and then I was referred to a specialist and within one week I was, I was diagnosed with cancer of the uterus and um, <clears throat> I had so much peace and I didn't look up any, anything about it, I didn't Google anything. Um, at one point I was going to Google her health teas like teas that are healing for your body and, and then I felt like no don't look up anything just this is a total depending on God this is a total leaning on God this is a total knowing him heart to heart who he is in this season for me and who I am and so I'm a pretty private person I didn't share it with a lot of people to begin with um, in fact I shared it with two people in this church before I shared it with any of my family my family didn't know for two weeks more because I had a son in Kuwait and a daughter in Guatemala and they're both coming home at the same time. So I wanted to tell them at the same time in front of their face. I wanted them to hear from, I'm a face-to-face -face person. I'm a heart-to-heart -heart person. I'm a face-to-face -face person. I'm face-to-face -face with God. I have to hear his voice. I have to see his smile. So my kids needed to be there. I'm a really private person. And I thought, what do I share with the family of God? What do I share? And so I was thinking, since I got this diagnosis, I, I really should get prayer here. And I'm a, I'm a kind of a sneaky Jehovah prayer person. I never tell anybody what I want prayer for. Because I only want to hear God. Because quite often if you tell what you need prayer for, like if I said I needed prayer for my marriage, everybody would pray through that. And God might not even look at that. He might not even touch it. He might not even talk about it. He might talk about faith for me. He might talk about believing. He might talk about I know and I care. I'm here for you. And he wants to build you up. So sometimes the very thing we mention is just the fruit of a root. And he wants to speak to the root, right? Because he wants us rooted in love. And so I went over to the side and I thought, oh, I'll get all the prayer warriors over there to pray for me after, after the meeting. And so then there was prayer afterwards and everything. And I turned around and there was two people. Everybody left. And I was like, oh, I need prayer. So I walked over to them and I said, I would like prayer. And so they prayed for me. It was so powerful. It was so powerful. You go for prayer, very, very, very powerful. It's, it's what you need to hear from God. And it was all about future. And it was all about God being limitless. And it was all, and it was all about health. Being, it was like the soul. It was, so, it was so beautiful. And it was everything that God had been speaking to me. And there was nothing about cancer. There was nothing about fear. There was nothing about hopelessness or having no future. And uh, so afterwards, I, I looked at them for about three seconds and I thought, do I share with them, Lord? Because the Lord has said to me on the way to church, you can share with who you want to share with. And if you don't want to share, you don't have to. Talk about every one of us have our freedom to be who we are. And, and I was like, because I only like to share with safe people. Sorry, that's who I am. I like to share with people that I'm safe with, that I can trust my heart. Junk, even trust my junk. I can trust the toilet. I can trust the bathroom. I can entrust the stinky stuff because if God's with me in it, I know that there are friends that believe in me and they will sit with me in it until I stand and walk and run. So those, those are the friends I want. So I, God gave me two experiences in this and um, in this diagnosis and uh, one of them was, <clears throat> I was sitting there and I was thinking about the woman with the issue of blood because you have some of those symptoms when, when you're diagnosed with this. <clears throat> and I was just thinking about her. And all of a sudden I entered into this vision. 
And I saw Jesus walking down the road, and I saw all the people behind him walking behind him. And it was a huge crowd, but she was over on the grass, and she was walking towards him. And I thought, oh, she's walking towards him to touch the hem of his garment. And I'm thinking, this is for me, to touch the hem of his garment. And all of a sudden, I became her. And I'm walking towards Jesus. And he turned, and he grinned at me the biggest grin, the happiest face I've ever seen. And he said, that was before the cross. You're healed. Because I, I was trying to go get something. I was trying to go touch him. I thought that was my moment. I was trying to go get healed. And he said, you're already healed. And so I went, and when he turned and grinned at me, I just stood and stared at him. We were like face to face. And it was like, I knew that I knew I was healed. No matter, no matter what would be the whole pro prognosis, no matter what would be the outcome, I knew that I knew. And God said to me, don't think like an Old Testament person. I'm a child of God. I'm born of the blesser. I'm blessed. I'm born of the healer. The healer lives in me. Am I going to go touch Jesus' hem because I want Jesus to touch Jesus? <laughs> Jesus is in me. The healer lives in me. I, when I lay hands on people, I expect them to be healed, whether it's in their spirit, soul, or body, I don't know. I just know that God is watching over his word to perform it. I don't know what he's going to heal in them. I don't have to know. It's none of my business. But he's healing something in them because I have life to give. Because where God is, there's life. And so... I knew in that moment it is finished. And don't think like an Old Testament person. Don't ask for healing. And God actually said to me, he told me not to pray for healing. Now, I'm a prayer warrior. Like, you know, like, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, but I didn't. I never prayed once and asked God for healing. And then I have another testimony. I was thinking about Psalm 23, and all of a sudden I entered into this vision with Jesus. And he was across the table because in his presence there's, there's fullness of joy, and, and we were at this table of feasting, and, and, I, and I thought, oh, there's an anointing here for me. I'm at this table. I'm thinking Psalm 23. There's an anointing in the presence of my enemies, and Jesus is grinning at me again. He's looking at me. He's smiling, but he keeps looking behind me, and he's smiling, and he's smiling, and I'm like, who's he smiling at? Like, who's behind me? And then I think, I think Psalm 23. Oh, in the presence of my enemies. It's my enemies behind me. I want to see what he sees. So I turned around, and there was nothing there. And he said to me, you're thinking before the cross. I was like, yeah, I was. And I turned around, looked at him, and he grinned at me. Like, seriously? Seriously? You know, sometimes it's your perception. Sometimes, sometimes... What we think is an enemy is merely an illusion. It's smoke and mirrors because the enemy wants to keep us in the wilderness. He does want us to know what we, who we are as a new creation, a new man. He does want us to know our wholeness. He wants us to fight for it. If I can just put that carrot in front of you so you, you're continually fighting for it and you don't know what you've been given. You've been given his son. You've been given everything. So it's just the revelation of that. It's coming into, into that place of knowing what he's given me. And so I boast in him. I boast in the prayers of this church because I know the family of God here prayed for me. 
and, and I boast in your prayers. I boast in the finished work of the cross. I boast in my healer. I, I just say, look what the Lord has done. And I also know that everybody has had their healing. I've walked many people home. It is the most beautiful, glorious, privileged thing I've ever done. And they didn't get their healing. And there's a friend that Dan and I walked home. And he said to us, I've never had friends like you my entire life. And he said to Dan, you're my best friend. Because we were just friends. That's all anybody needs. That's all anybody needs. Whatever they're going through, all they need is a friend. Because Jesus, the, Psalm 23 in the Passion Translation says the good shepherd. But in the, no, it's the, in the regular, in the King James, it says the good shepherd. But the Passion Translation says our good shepherd friend, our shepherd friend. He's a friend. He's walking us with us. He's with us in everything. He's walking us out of things. He's walking us through things. He's not trying to get us out of them. It's so that we're becoming more Christ-like in them. He's proving Christ in us. When we're in the valley and there's weapons formed against us, it's to prove Christ in us, that no weapon formed against us will take us out of our Christ-likeness that the mystery's been revealed. It was a mystery to the people in the wilderness. It's not a mystery to us anymore. Christ in us, we're anointed sons and daughters. We're anointed children. And so I really believe that that's the place of revelation. God wants us to see who we are. Um, I believe in the Old Testament, he fulfilled every one of those cries on the cross. Can we have that cry? Absolutely. We lift up that cry because that's where Jesus comes in. That's where the Father shows up. And he says, it's okay. I understand your cry, but I'm going to bring you to wholeness and healing in this cry. I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not going to let that thing take you out. I need to give you abundant life. That's your portion. That's how God wants us to walk. That when we come in here, we're, each one of us are giving each other abundant life. When I first came into the church, I sat at the back because I was terrified of people. Oh my gosh, they hug you, they touch you, they, they can't stop talking to you. And it was like, so, oh, that's a crash. That's Cara praying for me. Have fun. And so um, I, they would touch me, they would do all these things. So you know what I do? I get real smart. Come late, leave early. <laughs> that works. And it worked. Then God started saying, well, I come late, leave early. And so God started saying, no, I you come early. And I was like, you're killing me. <laughs> See, that's a cry. That's, that's the cry of the wilderness. You're killing me. I don't want them all touching me and talking to me and praying for me and blessing me. And they drive me crazy. I just want you. And God's going, yeah, we're going to work through this so that you like connection. So you like the family of God. So you like the church. But I'm starting with you first. And so, and so that's what he did for me. And it was really hard. It was like, you know, David had a giant. My giant was that. My giant was, I just, I'm just here for me. I'm just here for me, God, but I love the corporate worship. I love the corporate presence. I was like, I really like that. But you know what? That's the being a Christian. That's where I started. But did I have to overcome a giant? Let me tell you, it was the fear of man. Huge, 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 huge giant. And God didn't say, oh, man, what am I going to do with you? I better go somewhere else. He said, yeah, I'm going to walk you through this. You're a slow go, but I'm going to walk with you through this. I always say to God, I'm two steps forward, one step back. I'm a slow go. But guess what? I won't stop putting my heart with his. I won't stop asking. I won't stop receiving. I won't stop responding. Because I, I just, he's my portion. He's my everything. And so when you come in here, say, just start where you are. God, friendship's fearful. God, connection's fearful. 
Um, another church, seriously, God, what are you trying to do, kill me? And God says, no, I love you. I want to heal your heart because you have a perception of what other people think about you. You have a perception of how they're coming to you. You have a perception that really is your wounded heart needs to be healed. And I want to heal your heart. So this is, this is the season that we're in. And uh, I'm, I'm just so lost. See? Hello. Wrong way. I did learn Hello. Hello. Don't push anything. Oh, am I that bad that I can't even? Okay, we're not going to go through that, but that's, there's over 600 prayers in the Bible. If you want to learn how to pray, pray with, pray those or pray with somebody. I pray listening to other people's hearts. Just listen to someone else's heart and then say, I want that. I want that. There's nothing wrong with that. And then, and then see what he did. God, God fulfilled all those. Cry for healing. He fulfilled it on the cross. He fulfilled your cry because you've been slandered. You've been persecuted. You've been blamed. You've been accused. You have fear of lack. You have fear of the future. You have fear of distance. Where are you, God? You're lonely. Lonely is a big issue. Lord, be truthful. God, I'm lonely. But you're always with me. But I'm lonely. I believe. Help my doubt and unbelief. I don't want to be lonely. I want you. I want that gap, that hole to be healed. And so everything you read in the Old Testament is through the finished work of the cross. So don't die in that perpetual toilet, that, protect, protect, that pit that's forever of feelings and emotions that want to destroy you. Are they real? Yes, God loves you. He cares about your feelings and your emotions, but he wants to come and comfort you because, of, because we sing the so, Christmas songs, Comfort and Joy, but there have, God, God, Dan's telling me, okay, that's enough. Okay, that's enough. This is it. If you need to be comforted because there's some sorrow, some trauma, or some pain, allow God to comfort you because out of sorrow comes comfort. Out of comfort comes joy. Joy is my portion. Joy is the portion of the bride. God wants a joyous bride. He wants us to be a rejoicing, dancing, crazy like David bride undignified. Who cares what anybody thinks about me? I'm going to enjoy God. I'm going to enjoy the body. I'm going to enjoy the bride and I'm going to enjoy the church. So this is the season I really believe that God's coming, bringing us into. And um, I just, I just declare that God hears our hearts. This is a corporate prayer. This is just simple. It's just saying, here I am. Here's my heart. You know my heart. I, how could I possibly know my heart? You know everything about my heart, and you love me just the way I am. You meet me just the way I am, but you love change. You love for me to grow up. You love for me to let go of that which tries to destroy my heart. I give you permission. Whatever's been a cycle of whatever's been trying to destroy my heart, I want you, Jesus. I want to be heart to heart. I want to receive every finished work of the cross. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. I want to look to you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. Nothing else will satisfy. Nothing. I want you, Jesus. And I know when I see you, Jesus, and I know when I know you, Jesus, I see the Father, and I know the Father, and he's a really good Father. 
And I will believe and I will see the goodness of the Lord, whether there's distance, whether there's delay, whether there's waiting. I know, I'm confident. We sang it, I'm confident. I'm confident in your faithfulness. So here I am. Here I am, I'm your child. And I know that you're fighting for me. And so I know the battle's yours. So I just say, here's my heart. We love you, Lord. We love you. We want you. There's nothing else. You're our all in all. You're our beloved. You're our everything. We just want you in this season. That's all we want. And we thank you in advance. Thank you that you've heard our hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's worship the Lord and say, here's our heart.